Now, as we jump into the message for today, I want you to think about what is your favorite pair of shoes? Maybe it's a pair of slippers, running shoes, dress, dress shoes, flip-flops. Maybe in the pandemic, the, the favorite pair of shoes has changed a little bit. But whatever your favorite pair of shoes is, just think about that, or even you can go and grab them. I brought one of my pa favorite pairs of shoes with, and these are a pair of running shoes. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I ran a marathon in these pair of shoes. There's a good chance it was my first and last marathon. But usually when I'm putting on running shoes, it means that I'm going out to do something I enjoy, which is running. Now, if you're thinking about those shoes, just hold on to them, and we're going to get back to them a little bit later. Now, at the beginning of this year, no one was really predicting how this virus was going to impact all of our lives. As a church, we had laid out much of our spring and summer and even into fall calendar. We had just changed our name to Neighborhood Church, and we didn't realize that all of you were going to basically be stuck in your neighborhoods for most of the time and having many more opportunities to show and share Jesus in your neighborhoods. Another thing we did at the beginning of the year was we decided we were going to do a book of the Bible study. And we were going to study the book of Romans and titled it Making Sense of the Gospel. The word gospel means good news. And over the last months, we definitely need more good news. When you turn on the news, when you go on social media, you can feel this sort of pressure of bad news, difficult news, and often it's hard to find good news. The actor John Krasinski has made a show on YouTube since the beginning of this pandemic called SGN, Some Good News. And the whole point of the show in these videos is to go and find good news and remind people that there's a lot of good still going on in the world. So today I want you to hear that you are messengers. That you are messengers, but what kind of news are you bringing wherever you go? When you go on social media, Twitter, Facebook, when you have conversations with your family or friends or other people online, what type of messenger are you being? If you've been tracking with us since the beginning of the year, which in my life feels like 10 years ago, I preached a message with these four ideas to frame in the book of Romans. And these are the ideas. The gospel is powerful. The gospel unites the church. The gospel is good news for everyone. And he's got this, that God is in control. I remind you of where we started at all the way back in January, because as we've been going through this, you can forget that Scripture is relevant with whatever we're facing. And Scripture is still speaking, and I believe God wants to speak to each and every one of us through this message today. And I want and hope that you hear that you are messengers, and you have good news if you want to follow along today, we're going to be in Romans chapter 10. We sent out notes this morning. Also, you can go on the YouVersion app under events, and all the notes are on there. Or if you just want to pull out whatever random Bible, we're going to be in Romans 10, verses 5 to 21. We are going to go through all the verses, and we're going to jump around a little bit, but just know that we're going to be in that section. Now, as we begin in Romans chapter 10, verse 5, Paul frames out this idea that no matter where 
you are, the gospel is there. God is at work. You don't have to go up to heaven to discover God or down to the depth of the oceans. That God is at work in all circumstances and all ways. And the gospel is near to you and close to you. God is not trying to hide the good news from you. It is right there if you want it. And that when we understand the gospel, it will transform your life. Some of you, if you've been around the church for a while, you know the term Romans Road when you share the good news with somebody. The Romans Road is where you take key passages in the book of Romans to lay out a road of what it means to understand the gospel and receive Christ. If you don't know what the Romans Road is, just look it up online and you'll find a pattern for it. And one stop along the Romans Road is Romans 10, 9, and 10. And here's what Romans 10, 9, and 10 states. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Confession and belief transform your life. Confession and belief transform you. Declaring or confessing with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, is the beginning point of salvation. Confessing is saying out loud, verbalizing something that you know to be true. In a court of law, a confession is stating the truth for all those who are present to hear what the truth is. With Jesus, you confess that he is Lord, that he is master, that he is ruler. He is the one that is in control of your life. And in confessing your need for Jesus as Savior and Lord, you are saved. The second key in this verse is the word believe. And believe means to trust, to have confidence in. All of us believe many things. During an election and pandemic year, there is a lot of information online for you to believe or not to believe. And often at face value with some certain packaging, you can begin to believe all sorts of things that are even far from the truth. And it's easy to be drawn in and believe things that aren't true. I remember being up late one night, this was many, many years ago, and channel surfing. And I came across an infomercial and on this infomercial, they were selling some kind of system for something. I don't even remember what. But I picked up the phone that night and took out my credit card and purchased this system. I don't even remember what it was. But I can tell you it didn't do what it promised to do. And what they were peddling was not actually true and accurate. And it's easy to begin to believe things that aren't true or are kind of true. But we need to dig below the surface. We need to mine for truth so we'd actually know what we believe and why we believe it. Now, when you think about the belief in the death and resurrection of Jesus, why do you or do you not believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus? Because I hope that there's a reason why. I hope the reason why you believe or don't believe is not simply somebody's random Facebook post or YouTube video or Twitter account, but that you've taken time to research for yourself why you believe what you believe. I know when I first experienced Jesus in a very tangible way was in my early 20s. I grew up in the church, 
but I really had not internalized it on that same level. And when I encountered Jesus, yes, I had this amazing experience, but experience will only take you so far. And so I began to research to come to some conclusions for myself. Is Jesus who he says he is? Did he do what he said he did? And I'm not telling you to go over to Israel and become an archaeologist, but what I'm saying is there's good information out there with scholars and even scientists that will lead you towards the truth of who Jesus is. And what I discovered for myself, which I can confess and which I believe, is that Jesus is who he said he is, He lived, he died, he rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and now sits at the right hand of God Almighty. I believe that for myself, not because somebody else has told me that I should believe that. And this is nothing new. Over the last 2,000 years, billions of followers of Christ have confessed these same types of belief. Back in the 4th century, a creed was developed, a statement called the Apostles' Creed. And this Apostles' Creed tells you the basics of what it means to believe and confess about what it means to be a follower of Christ. Now today we want to take a moment to say that creed together. If you have personally put your faith in Christ, this is an opportunity for you to confess what you believe out loud. I want you to actually confess this statement wherever you're watching this or if you're listening to this after the fact. Just Google Apostles' Creed and it will pull up for you. But I want us to say this together out loud, if you truly believe these things, as a confession of faith. Now also, as we say these out loud, I want you not want you to mumble it under your breath. I want you to actually say it like you believe it. You're probably sitting at home or somewhere else, and maybe you have some people you know around you. But I want you to say it out loud, if you truly believe this, Say it like you believe it. So let's say it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Confession and belief transform your life. Now let's jump down to verses 11 and 13, which tell us who this gospel is for. Verse 11 says, as the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. And verse 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me say it again. The gospel is good news for everyone. For everyone. Do you know what the Greek word for anyone and everyone is? It's everyone and anyone. That the gospel is good news for whoever you are. The gospel is good news for you, 
for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, for your coworkers. The gospel is good news for men and women and whatever people self-identify as. The gospel is good news for all political parties, all ages, whatever your perspective of this virus is. The gospel is good news for, for whatever country you are from. And if you live in a mansion or you're sleeping outside McDonald's, the gospel is good news for you. Amen? Please put amen in the comments along the way because because we need to be reminded that the gospel is good news for everyone. And if you have never said yes to Jesus, it tells us if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And what's holding you back from doing that today? But if you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart, the apostle Paul now begins to speak a little bit more directly to each one of us. And he says in verses 14 to 15, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. You are messengers of the good news. You are messengers of the good news. Now, right away, when we read a passage like this, we, begin, we can begin to explain it away and tell each other and ourselves how we can be exempt from what Paul is saying here. We can say, well, I don't have enough tools to share the gospel. Well, I haven't been sent. But I hope that you lean in and say, actually, I am a messenger. And I have good news. And just think about this for a moment. Someone in your life felt it was important enough to tell you about Jesus. Now they took the time, the effort, overcame their fears and insecurities to tell you the good news of Jesus. Maybe it was a friend, a coworker, a family member, a parent. Maybe it was through a piece of literature that somebody took enough time to write and somehow it ended up in your hands. But each one of us have had people who have come to us as messengers of the good news to tell us about Jesus. For me, my parents were messengers when I was young, but at the age of 20, it was through an invite from my sister. She was the messenger. And she came with this message. Mark, would you like to come to the youth ministry with me? And through that simple invitation and that simple message, it transformed my life as I showed up at that youth ministry that night. And I'm ever indebted that somebody would take the time to simply invite me and be that messenger. She was that messenger for me. Who was the messenger for you? Who was the person who took enough time and energy to be that messenger for you? And sometimes it doesn't start with an invitation to church or to following Jesus. Maybe it's an invitation over a fence or to take a walk together or to have a conversation about life. But as messengers of the good news, at some point, you will have an opportunity to share and show Jesus to those around us. In ancient times, messengers were a little bit different than nowadays. 
These messengers would run on foot from city to city to bring news, both good and bad. One of the most favorite messengers is Pheidippides. And Pheidippides is known as the one who did the original marathon, but it was actually somebody else who did that. But Pheidippides was right in that context. And he is known for running 150 miles from Athens to Sparta to gather reinforcements to fight off the Persian army. After running 150 miles nonstop, Pheidippides was told by the people in Sparta that it was going to take a little time for them to gather reinforcements and meet over in Marathon. And so Pheidippides knew he had to get that message back quickly, so he took a short nap and ran 150 miles, basically nonstop, back to Athens to relay that news. The Athenians and the Greeks then went over to Marathon and set up reinforcements to fight off the Persians, and they were able to help hold them back. And then another messenger named Elchis ran 25 miles from Marathon back to Athens to tell the good news about the defeat of the Persians. And on arrival and giving that message, that good news, Elchis fell over dead. That's how the marathon began. 26.2 miles. It was 25 miles at that time, but 26.2 miles, and Elkis then falls over dead. Just imagine being a messenger at that time with no other form of communication. No text, no emails, no phone calls, no news channels. It was you alone running with that message, that precious news you were carrying. Sometimes as a messenger, you'd run with good news, and sometimes you'd run with bad news. Imagine running with bad news. It would feel like a 50-pound rucksack on your back, just trying to know that when you get there, it was not going to be good news. Now imagine running with good news. You'd probably be light on your feet. You'd probably feel like there was wind beneath your sails. As you ran with that good news, knowing that when you arrived, there would be celebration. And I imagine that's why Elkis ran so fast and so hard from Marathon to Athens. Because he had good news. He knew what he was bringing. And I think when he arrived and gave that good news, and even as he lay there dying, I imagine there was a smile on his face. Because he had brought good news. Now, for most of us, we probably won't ever run a marathon. And if you do, I hope you don't die at the end. But you are messengers. You are messengers with good news. Now, the reality is that as messengers, we are entrusted with a message. And not everyone looks at it as good news. In verses 16 to 21, Paul talks about people hearing, understanding, And knowing the message, but even after knowing, hearing, and understanding, they rejected the message. Let me remind you, there will always be people who accept, reject, or are even hostile to whatever message you bring. But that should not stop you from being a messenger. We are not responsible for how people receive a message. We are just responsible to bring the message of the good news. 
On January 1st of 1863, President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation freeing all slaves in the Confederate States. On that day, good news began to spread. This good news was celebrated by the slaves, rejected by many slave owners, fought hard over in the Civil War, and is still being worked out in the United States 150 years later. And even though some didn't like the news, some loved the news, it didn't stop the reality of the good news transforming slaves' lives and bringing freedom and a whole new era for our country. The good news was being proclaimed, <clears throat> proclaimed and lived whether or not people believed it. The gospel is good news for everyone. And you are messengers with beautiful feet. If you would have looked at messengers of that time, you would not have looked at their feet and thought that they were beautiful. Feet are like the workhorse of the human body. They're blistered, they're dirty, they're bloodied, they're callous. But if those feet are carrying good news, they are the most beautiful feet that you could ever see. You are messengers. And I want you to take out those shoes that you have, whatever they are. Maybe right now it's no shoes. Maybe it's just like they are the feet that you're walking around your house with. And I want you to think about when these feet showed up, when those shoes showed up with your feet in it, what kind of messenger have you been over the last days, over the last weeks and months? I know that there's always bad news. And sometimes we need to show up and bring bad news. But what is your general leaning? What are you talking about most when you're in conversations with people? Are your feet bringing good news? Or are they just bringing bad news? As messengers of Jesus, no matter what is happening in the world around us, we have good news. And my hope and prayer is that whatever shoes you slide on your feet or whatever conversation you walk into with those bare feet that you have, that you would be a messenger of good news. I believe God has given us a message. And it is good news. And how would that change your outlook and perspective if every day we got up and said, I have good news to bring to those around me. Let's be messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ. Father God, I thank you that you have given us good news. And we don't have to wait around for viruses to disappear, for politicians to make decisions, for things to change in the world around us to have good news. We have the good news of Jesus Christ, that you have come to seek and to save the lost, that you have come to set us free, that you have come to bring us from death to life. And God, may we be messengers of the good news wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.